Would you stand with us and take your Bible and turn to the book of John, Gospel of John. And I'm um, going to read from the New International Version tonight. Continuing in a series entitled The Battle. The Battle. We've done numerous messages on, uh, on the topic of the battle. We're in a war. Uh, we do have notes for you. John 1 and 35 through verse 51. You ready? If you're ready, say hallelujah. The next day, John was there. That's John the Baptist. Again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who, had, who heard that what John had said and who had followed Jesus the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, or Jonah, depending on what version you're reading. You'll be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit or no guile. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under a fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Father, I thank you for your word and for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for bringing my wife and I and my family back safely and for the continued momentum and outpouring of your spirit in this great church. For our building, what you're doing in our community, what you're doing in our state, what you're doing in our nation, and what you're doing in the nations of the world. Come on, just lift your voice for a moment. We ask, God, for you to give us living understanding tonight. We've not come, Lord, for a lecture. We've not come just to simply learn things. We've come to receive from you even revelation from your word that will change our lives. We're asking that you would speak to us with great clarity and anointing. Lord, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Move in a special way. 
we'll be sure to give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I had the opportunity of playing the, uh, I think they're called the plebes at West Point. West Point Military School. And we played them in lacrosse. Lacrosse is a Native American game. And uh, I'll never forget playing the first-year students of West Point as I was beaten nearly in every single part of that game until I illegally checked the guy who was next to me and um, put a sufficient hurting on him, and then I felt satisfied. At, at that school and at military schools, universities, they teach strategy. You have to have a strategy if you're in a war, if you're in a battle, if you're, I got to see a professional basketball game with my son, the Denver Nuggets, and it was, I, 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 the last time I had been to a professional basketball game, it was the New York Knicks at, at, at um, Madison Square Garden, no, it wasn't Madison Square Garden, it was on Long Island somewhere. Anyway, um, basketball and basketball games have changed. A lot. I think back then it was illegal to dunk. It's certainly not illegal to dunk now. And it was like a multimedia event. In fact, they put up warnings before they really got into it to say that there is potential sensory overload. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, no, I'm serious. There's these warning signs that come up on these giant screens. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, then you can text this number and they'll have bring somebody to come and comfort you in a back room. Sensory overload. I'm thinking... Bring it. What do you got? Come on. Hit me with your... It was absolutely amazing. I mean, it was never, there was never a moment where you were, like, bored or let down. I mean, the game was amazing, but even at the halftime and, and all the breaks and the timeouts and everything, it was just multimedia, matching colors, sound, music. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was really amazing. You have to have a strategy to win in basketball. You have to have a strategy to win in football. You have to have a strategy to win in whatever war you're in. And I'm telling you, God wants to release strategy to you. And God has released strategy to us here at King's Chapel to reach the lost, to continue to grow, and to do it all that he's called us to do. So the student knows that to, to win, the general must have a winning strategy. And the key to winning a spiritual war or a spiritual battle is to get God's strategy. You'll see it with Moses. You'll see it with Joshua. You'll see it with every man and woman of God. They had a strategy. You see it with Deborah. Village life ceased, it says, in the judges, till I, Deborah, arose. In other words, there was no village life until Deborah rose, got a strategy, and went and, 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 and took out the enemy. God will give you a strategy for your marriage. He'll give you a strategy for your money. He'll give you a strategy for your business. He'll give you a strategy for work. He'll give you a strategy in your walk with the Lord. God will give you a strategy in the battle that you're in. And if you'll, if you'll obey the strategy, then he'll bring about fulfillment for you. But he doesn't expect you just to wander in, you know, sucking your thumb, hoping it's all going to work out. key to winning a spiritual battle is getting God's strategy. Billy Burke is, uh, how many of you heard of Billy Burke? Billy Burke is a man who flows in tremendous signs, wonders, and miracles. He was dying, and I think it's his, his grandmother brought him to a Catherine Coleman meeting, 
and he was up in the upper, you know, the upper deck dying of some incurable disease and near death, as the story goes. And you can, you can go and Google it, Billy Burke, and read his testimony and everything, so I'll probably not get it perfect, but I'll do the best that I can according to my recollection. And Catherine Coleman came in, and as she did, you know, in her unusual way, and called for him to come out of the upper deck, described his exact disease. There's a young man up there right now, called him out, laid hands on him, and he got miraculously healed, supernaturally healed, and called him to the, the ministry. He grew up and became a preacher and an, an evangelist, a healing evangelist, and a powerful one at that. He was healed of this cancer, tumors, I forget exactly, all these years. And a number of years ago, this cancer thing came back. And so he, he began to pray, and God spoke to him and said, I want you to take communion seven times in a row and proclaim the promise of healing. By my, by my stripes, you're healed. Proclaim the promise of healing over your life and do it seven times. He did it seven times. They could never find cancer. And he walks, he goes all over the place, bringing healing, deliverance, salvation all over the nation. And uh, we're, we'd have him here, but we don't have enough room. So we get into our new facility. We'll have him. We'll have him for a week and just kind of blow the place up. Strategy. The spiritual battle is on uh, for sure, and it's over souls. But if you really just think about what the battle is about, the battle is about a roaring lion, the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy from you, your family, your marriage, your kids, the community. He wants to hurt you so he can hurt God because you're the apple of God's eye. You're the object of his affection. So if the enemy can hurt you, he just wants to take as many people to hell as he possibly can. So he has a strategy of doing that. We have a strategy for overcoming darkness. I will tell you, I was in a number of churches, as I said, and I will not name them, but I, you couldn't have gotten saved at a couple of the churches I was at. You simply couldn't have. Like if I had just walked in there the first time, there's no, I did hear the word gospel at one of the churches. I don't recall, oh, I guess I did hear it twice. So gospel, I mean, you'd have to like go figure out what that means. That means good news. So I would, know, I would have known that there was good news. And one church I was in, it was, I wasn't preaching. I was a guest. We go to church where I'm on vacation. I go to church because I'm a Christian. Not because I'm a Pamela. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to try to find a midweek. I love going to church. I just enjoy it. I enjoy being with God's people. I enjoy learning and growing in the Word and having hands laid on me. And all. Oh, can I tell you about one? Little, I, I, I've got time, I think. I took my watch off. All right. So I, 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 this, is, this is an amazing experience I had. It's the first time I got to go to an all-black Pentecostal church. It was, uh, it was, it was wait, I'm going to get it. It's Christ Temple Apostolic Faith Training Center. That's what it was. You can go look it up. Bishop something, graduate of ORU. I walked in, I came into Louisiana, I was going to preach at Dr. Bob Rogers' church. I came in on late on a Friday, it was like 7.30 or something, and I saw all these good-looking people coming out fully dressed, I mean decked out to the nines, I mean like really dressed, seriously dressed, and tambourines, and filled with joy. They're like, they're coming downstairs, I'm like, oh, those are church people right there. So I said, hey man, where are you going? They said, oh, we're going to church. I said, where is that? 
Because, I mean, I'm going to go up to my room. I only had a few hours, but I'm going to go up and watch, you know, Fox News and pray a little bit or something. But I'm going to go intercede after I watch CNN and just, you know, I mean, right? Or I'm going to go, I'm like, no, no, I think tambourine and, man, where's that? So they tell me, the guy gives me directions. And so I'm going upstairs, I'm exhausted, and I'm thinking, no, you should just go to sleep. And then I'm just praying in tongues. No, no, you should go. I'm praying in tongues. Lord, do you want me to go? I feel like the Lord says, you can go if you want to. I thought, oh, I think I'm going to go. But by the time I got upstairs, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going. I got to my room. I quickly changed into the finest suit I had. Rate, I called an Uber. How many of you know what that is? I've never done that before. I got an Uber. They came. I got in, this is like this Arab guy that picks me up. I look. I said, hey, man, I've never done one of these. Here, look at me. I'm like, all right. Discernment goes, it's all right. <laughs> no, I'm totally serious. I never, I'm going to jump in an Uber. So I'm just like. I said, okay, hey, man, I want to go over. I want to go to this place. He says, okay. I said, what's it like over there? He says, it's all right. I said, okay, great. I jump in. So we're driving. We figured out. We're getting there, and it starts getting hoodish. You know what I mean, right? Starts becoming, you know, like the hood. And so we're driving, and I said, hey, man, what's this neighborhood like? He said, oh, people get shot here all the time. I said, awesome. I mean, like, you want to talk about standing out, just full on stand out, like, Bald head, suit. What's wrong with being white? What's wrong with you people? Did you say white? Is that what you said? What's wrong with you? Anyway. So I, I'm almost there. I said, listen, man, I'm not sure I'm getting out. I said, so when we roll up, I'll let you know. You could just take me straight back too, right? He says, yeah, no problem. I said, okay. So we get closer and closer, and all of a sudden there's cars and more cars. And then there's like all these feed, feed wagons, like... Uh, you know, like, like rolling sandwich shops kind of thing, but all kinds of food trucks everywhere. And then before you know it, the entire neighborhood, there's just cars everywhere, and this church is going off. I mean, like, rocking. I can hear it from outside. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm in the right place. I'm good. See you later. I jump out. I walk in. I walk into the back of the church, and I get hit by the wind of the Spirit, and I just lifted my hands. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I backed up against the wall, and I'm like, I begin to weep. I just get so touched by the Lord. As 1,200 people lost their minds for Jesus. I mean, like dancing. Should make y'all look backslid. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about really just total unabashed worship. And the place is just going crazy. And there's dance that's taking place up front. And Deed loved it. Y'all just loved it. It was amazing. I sat there. I'm weeping. And I look. And there's, there's this head deacon board deacon usher guy who looks you know serious like he's really in charge i mean he and he looks at me and says i like your spirit and i said thanks <laughs> and he says where are you from i said i'm from alaska he says what are you doing here okay i was the only white person there i'm just saying i didn't see another white person all the time no, I, i'm not prejudiced i'm all good but i'm telling you i was the only white person there and, he, and he, I said, I'm from Alaska. He says, what are you doing here? I said, I'm preaching over at Dr. Bob Rogers. He says, oh, we know Brother Rogers. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's a great church. We're so glad you're here. What do you do? You're a pastor? I said, yeah. He said, oh. And he just, he goes like this. Somebody scampers. A lady comes. You know, she says, are you ready, sir? I said, uh, I guess, you know. And she says, okay, ride with me. She says, she's going to take good care of you. So I follow, I follow her all the way up to the front. And she, by about 
three quarters of the way up, she says, I'm bringing you up onto the platform. I said, oh, no, 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 no. And she goes, well, then you got to sit in the front, sir. You're a pastor. I said, no, 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 no. Right here, just right here, three rows back's good. I, I just took a third, I just took a turn right in the third row. There's a few empty seats there, and, the, and they took the offering. Can I tell you when they took the offering? They don't lost their mind. I mean, when it was time to give, I thought I, I was already, I thought I missed worship. By this time, it's eight o'clock. It started at seven. They just came to the offering, and it was the I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the people. Like, I mean, dancing, losing their minds, and by the time I realized, oh, nobody knows me, and I can just let my hair down right here. So I think I became, a, I think I became an Instagram sensation on a few of those people think, because honestly, by the time I was aware that I was being videoed, I'd already soaked my whole suit through, through, soaking wet. You say, what's that all about? I just was worshiping with all my heart. I heard the gospel there. And I went to some places that were slicker than you could imagine. I mean, the most amazing video, the most amazing, excellent seats and carpet. And man, the production was just awesome. Not a drip. Well, maybe a drip of anointing. It wasn't a cult. Jesus was there. But you couldn't hear. You couldn't understand how to get saved. The war is not about how cute you look. It's not over that. It's not over video. It's not, it's not over any of those things. It's over souls. It's over the lost. That is what the battle is all about. The reason we're here is to win the lost. That's why we're alive. If we weren't supposed to, come on, angels can't preach the gospel. Only you can preach the gospel. Only you can reach the lost. Come on, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. So the battle rages. It was so grievous to me to be in places where you never heard Jesus preached. Let's look at this text. We read the story of how John, Andrew, Simon, Philip, and Nathaniel meet Jesus. And it's amazing. They, they all become apostles, basically. And the book of John is very different than the synoptic gospel. Synoptic, now the gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and... John, there's four Gospels. They, they, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell very similar, same stories. John's different. It's a little different. You combine them all, you get a, a composite picture of what the life and ministry of Jesus was like. And then the Acts is the Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit and how the early church grew and how God poured out His Spirit there in the book of Acts. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell the story of Jesus. So when you look at this composite picture, the whole story found in all, all of the Gospels, you see that there's this, this becoming a disciple of Jesus was a progressive growth and commitment. Just like it is today. Just like it is today. You know, I'm getting to know, uh, I'm getting to know some people uh, in a better way. Well, how does that happen? By talking with them, by spending time with them. And so you see these, these apostles, these John, Andrew, Simon, Philip, Nathaniel, and they meet Jesus, and in their lives you see this progressive commitment. And here we see in the text that John the Baptist points out Jesus to two of his disciples, John and Andrew. And it's interesting to me that it says it was at four o'clock in the afternoon. Think about it this way. It's a negative example, but makes my point. 
How many of you remember when you found out about 9-11 and you turned the news on? Where were you? You know where you were? Do you know what time it was? When you, no matter where you were in the nation, do you know what time it was? You're like, oh my God, we're under, we're under attack. America's under an attack. My wife and I remember very clearly, and we remember the day before. This, is so, this was such a moment meeting Jesus. They're like, oh yeah, it was four in the afternoon. I remember when I met Jesus. It's a significant moment, and it says it right there. It was about four in the afternoon, and they didn't have clocks either. The first thing that Andrew does is bring his brother Simon to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? The first thing that Andrew does after meeting Jesus is like, oh, snap, where's Simon? Where's Simon? Simon! He's immediately looking for Simon. Jesus personally calls Philip, a friend of Andrew, and Simon, who was raised in the same town. Now Simon is later called Peter. He moved from Bethsaida, but they're all living there at this time. Look at F. We do have notes. Fill them in as you move along. Philip takes Nathaniel, who is called Bartholomew in the other Gospels, and introduces him to Jesus. This strategy, what strategy? The strategy that I just expressed, and I'll, I'll make it very plain here, is the same strategy that God uses today to build his church. It's the exact same strategy. Let people meet Jesus, for he'll personally interact with those who come to him. Our job is to introduce people to Jesus. He said, I thought it's our job to get them saved. No, it's not our job to get them saved. It's our job to tell them clearly about the love of God and give them an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. The Holy Spirit draws them. The Holy Spirit convicts them. The Holy Spirit does the work, but you've got to deliver the message. So proud of John and Anna. They've been really being used by the Lord and getting invitations to preach and share the gospel and different churches around Anchorage and we're so blessed by what God's doing in and through you. I wonder all that the Lord's going to do. John and Anna, they love winning souls. I know lots of people that love winning souls. Here's the thing. This was the strategy that God had for the early church. It's the same strategy he has now. It's the very same one. He brings Simon to Jesus, and, and Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter, calling him the rock. Now, he was everything but a rock at that point. He prophesied over him. He brought Simon to Jesus, and Jesus sees that he's going to become like a rock. He's going to become someone who, could not, who would not be moved, someone with boldness and, and a ferocity. And Peter would put his foot in his mouth many times along the discipleship road, un, not unlike many of us. That he becomes the rock. Listen, God has a plan for you. And he'll reveal that to you as you come to him. And the other thing is, is that if we'll just bring people to Jesus, he'll reveal his plan. To, all we got to do is introduce people to Jesus. He does all the rest. If you haven't met Jesus, you're in the right place. If you're online, you've never made a decision for him, you're in the right place. Although Nathaniel was skeptical, Jesus saw his heart and not only called him a man without guile or deceit, he revealed to him that he was the answer to Nathaniel's prayer. Where do you get that? Answer to Nathaniel's prayer. He says, I saw you under the fig tree. The picture being under a fig tree the ancients, what they would do back in that day is they would go underneath fig trees or go underneath trees. Trees, they'd pray outside. They didn't 
didn't pray inside so much. Well, of course, you had the temple and so on and so forth. But they would, they would pray many times underneath the tree. This whole phrase, I saw you underneath the tree, the picture is that he's under the tree. And he's like, God, where are you? Where's the Messiah? I mean, come on. We need some help with these Roman morons, Lord. God, where are you? I want Messiah. And it says, when you're under the fig tree, I saw you. Isn't it encouraging to you that God sees where you are? He knows your frame. He knows your rising up. He knows your setting down. He knows your struggle. He knows your difficulty. He knows your pain. He knows your, your regrets. He knows, he knows everything. He, kn he knows everything about you. He knows everything about me, and he sees us. Isn't it encouraging to know that God sees you? Come and see my goodness. I want you to say this with me. Everyone. Reach one. That is the strategy. So how many people are here tonight? I mean, if I was to just take a, a you know, a, a poke at it, I'd say 275 people overall, including children, youth, everybody all together, about 275 on this midweek service. So what does 275 turn into? I'm not very good at math, so I'm going to call it 250. What? Because <laughs> I, I can do 250 times two. I can do that. What would happen if each and every one of us just did everything we could just to reach one? Not ten. Not fifty, John. Just one. Just one. And if you got a hold of one and you brought them here, we would instantly become 500 overnight. If we were to do a survey right now, some of you wouldn't raise your hand no matter what I say. So I'll just tell you, the statistics show that most people were led to Christ one-on-one -on -one or brought to a church by a friend that invited them. That is how people come to church. That is how people, people stay in church because they develop relationship. Come on, say everyone. Reach one. We're called to be used by God to bring people to Jesus. That's what, that, what do you mean? Well, I, I've never done that. Well, then you're missing something in your discipleship. Now, I was, I was in a church uh, with my wife, um, my son, and as they, as they cast a vision, there was, no, um, there was no plan B or plan C. Well, let me say it this way. If I said, we're having morning prayer tomorrow, and we are, we're having morning prayer. And I said, and that's division. And if you don't come to morning prayer, then you don't belong in this church. And so if you don't come to morning prayer, then this is not the place for you. Do you know how abusive that is? Do you know how controlling that is? Do you know how weird that is? That's totally weird. Because it doesn't give an account for the person who's driving at 5 a.m. It doesn't give an account that doesn't even know what prayer means. It doesn't give an account. I mean, it doesn't make any room for anything else. It doesn't, what about the, oh, you know, what about the person that, that, that's scared? What about the person that can't get up? What about the agoraphobic person? What about, what about, what about, what about, what about? It just cuts everybody out. And I thought, what abusive leadership. I was so mad. I still think I might do something, but I haven't done something yet. And the reason, great zeal, great passion, very poor mentoring. You just don't do that. Amen. You don't say stupid things like, if you, don't, if you don't vote Republican, then you don't belong in this church. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. If you don't vote Democrat, then you don't belong here. That's stupid. 
And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Don't polarize people. But I'm telling you a strategy. So, well, I, 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 I can't bring anybody. Okay, you might think that right now. And when I, when I first came into church, I mean, I, I thought that too. I was so scared. I hated myself. I couldn't even look people in the eye when I first came into church. But part of your discipleship, and I, I, I'm not going to take the rest of the time to prove it to you, but if you will allow the searching out of the scriptures, you'll see the leading people to Jesus is absolutely a part of your responsibility as a Christian. You say, well, I don't, I, I don't do that. Okay, well, I'm encouraging you to add that. You say, well, maybe that's what's missing in my walk with the Lord. Maybe it is. Everybody can, everybody can do something. So I, I, I'm scared. All right. You pray that God helps you. He said, can I kill, still come here if I, if, 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 if I don't win people to Jesus? Well, of course. And we pray that, that God touches you and helps you, ministers to you. Look, we're all growing. If you think you arrived, you're full of pride, and you probably need some counseling, you just call, just call the church and we'll help you out. No one's arrived. We're all growing. But there's something about understanding our role of winning people to Jesus. It'll just touch your life. John the Baptist pointed John and Andrew to Jesus. Andrew reaches out to Simon. Each one reach one. This is what happens. Each of them reach their friend. Philip reached out to Nathaniel. <laughs> Look, you know the story I told you about the, about the uh, Christ, what was it, Christ Temple Apostolic Faith Training Center? Okay, what did you, what'd you get? Do you think that I liked that? Did, did you get the feeling that I enjoyed it? Are you sure? How could you tell? I'm over here slapping Toby five. Huh? I told you I sweat my suit through. I called Pastor Vince from the service and said, dude, dude, the only thing missing is you. Yeah. That's what I said. I was just like, I threw my phone down. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you. Listen, I'm getting touched right now. I'm getting touched by the Holy Ghost right now talking about it. Why is that? Because, because. So if you ever wanted to experience like that kind of amazing, I mean, to me it's amazing. To you might be seem weird. You may be like, that, that, that's not how I roll. Well, that's okay. But if it pulled at your heart, like, I think I might want to, yeah. I could tell you where it's at. We could get an Uber and drive there from Alaska. <laughs> What's your point? The point is, when you have a really good steak, you can tell somebody about it. When you go to somewhere that moves you, you can tell somebody about it. How are you? You will not witness about the love of God if you've never had the steak. Do you understand? If you've never experienced his fire, you haven't experienced his power, you haven't experienced his transformation, or you forgot about that and traded it in for some compromise, and now you're like partially dead on the way out of the church, you need to be refired. You know, if you're partially dead, you're not inviting anybody anywhere. I am preaching better than you are many. I'm telling you, the reason they could point to Jesus is like, oh, he's the Messiah. It's, it's, it's the Messiah. You're like, no, yes, come and see, come and see. There was something that moved them. Minister Mike could jump on those keys for me. There's something that moved him. He said, well, I'm not moved like that. Press in. Let him touch you. Ask him to touch you. 
Ask him to give you a deeper revelation of him and your role in these end times. No shame, no, no guilt, no condemnation. Conviction, absolutely. Condemnation, not of God. Conviction, definitely. When's the last time? I'm not looking at anybody. When's the last time you invited somebody to church? No. I'm looking at you. You're somebody, but... I'm... Can you imagine? Can you imagine in the end when the roll is called up yonder and your neighbor goes to hell that you live next to for 10 years or three years or six months or 20 years? And they're like, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? I was, afraid you'd have, I was afraid you wouldn't like me. They already don't like you. Oh, maybe they do. What are you saying? I'm telling you. I'm encouraging you. This Sunday is BFF Sunday. We've been praying BFF. It's trying to be cute, okay? I'm trying to be like, I'm not going to wear ripped jeans. That, I promise you. My jeans have gotten a little bit more fitted, but I will not wear ripped jeans. <laughs> you know something? I've, I've said some stuff that I probably shouldn't have said before. I remember saying, I'm never doing that. That's exactly what the Lord had me do anyway. Currently, I'm not wearing ripped jeans. But listen, if you don't learn to bring a fresh presentation to a new generation and you stay stuck, listen, I love Amazing Grace too, but if you don't learn to sing some new songs and what the fresh things of the Spirit are doing, then you're going to be left behind. So BFF is text language, LOL. For best friend forever. So this Sunday is BFF Sunday. What does that mean? That means you bring a friend and, and you invite him to church. And we, we, do, we have, do we have those? Uh, you want to say something? Go ahead. I do. We're, if you bring a friend to church who's never been here before, first time guest, and any first time guest, you get a beautiful KC coffee mug. Uh, that's coming with a coffee card in it. It's really be they're really beautiful. And every person that comes, everybody gets hot dogs and awesome kettle corn. Thank you. So we're, we're passing out hot dogs, kettle corn, and coffee mugs with coffee cards. Why? It just is a way of saying, praise the Lord. Invite friends, reach someone. Now, how many of you got your? How many of you got your Operation Andrew? I think it's actually Operation Andrew's in my notes somewhere. Wait, where is it? Yeah, I'm almost there. Here, wait. J j just look for your card or get it on your phone. I'll get there in a second. So, look at C. I'm I'm almost done. Jesus' strategy throughout the Gospels is to raise up disciples who will carry His power to the nations. You know what His you know what His plan is now is to raise up disciples that'll carry his power to the nations. To raise up people that'll carry his power to Wasilla. To raise up people that will carry his power to Birch Avenue. To Moose Drive. Wherever you live. All right, how do, how do we win the battle for souls and fulfill the strategy God has for us? One, or A. Believe that you can be used by God no matter who you are. No matter who you are. God wants to use you. There is no insignificant people in the kingdom. He said, well, I can't talk good. I am Groot. You remember that message? I am Groot, couldn't talk too good either. All he could say is, I am Groot. 
you wiped out the enemy's army. Well, God can use you. You know what I've found? I, I was doing these call-out rooms at this prophetic conference. And to say that I get, was exhausted is not even close to what I was feeling. I was jet-lagged. I had preached numerous times. Um, I, I didn't eat right, ate something wrong. <laughs> and and I, I, my brain wasn't working. And, I, and I've just... I've got all these people to prophesy over, which is a great honor. And I just got flat. I don't know if you know what I mean. I felt, oh, I didn't feel God's presence. Not that you have to. But I, I, went, I went flat. And it's a challenging place to be because people have come to receive a word from the Lord. And I'm the guy that's to deliver the mail. And I'm feeling like, you know, I go to one couple and I'm like, it's a season, a new mantle, and things are shifting. Go to the next couple. There's a mantle. It's going to be a season, and it's going to shift also. And we go to the next couple. It's a shifting mantle season. You know, I, I'm just telling you. I feel like, I feel like, oh, oh, God, help me. And I, I mean, I was like, after like, I mean, I really felt like I said the same thing three times. Listen, don't look at me all weird like that. I'm just like, wait, I, all right, just all pray in tongues. That's what I tell them. Just pray in tongues, pray in tongues, and just kind of got reanointed, went back into it. And, and I'm asking God for help. So I'm, I don't know how I'm going to finish. And I, I'm in between prophesying over people, I walk back. I'm like, Lord, really? Help. And I look back, and it's David Fang walked into my room. He was teaching down the stairs. He ended early. David Fang walks in the back, and he'll be with us. a tremendous prophetic gift on this young man. In fact, he went to a whole nother place since he was with us last year. I don't, I don't, even, know, I don't even know what to say about that young guy. 30 years old amazingly anointed. He'll be with us in February. I said, oh, Brother David, come here. Now, I'm his elder, so he had to obey. So he came over here. He said, you're going to help me. And I just launched him, and he just blew it up for three or four people. Just get, And then I just felt God reignite me. Afterwards, okay, I told all that story and was very transparent with you to say this. Afterwards, I thought I was teaching this lady that was helping me, and she's growing in the gift of prophecy. And I said, now there's moments when things get flat and you just have to press through. Like I was telling you, I was telling her, she goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, those two, those two families that I was speaking over and, you know, it's just kind of rough. She goes, which families? So I described them. She says, oh, no, no, I know those families. You just totally blew that up. That was so amazing, so accurate. I thought, what? She's like, oh, yeah. I thought, I don't know how many times we have to learn that it really isn't about us. We just be willing. We just be willing vessels. I mean, like, I mean, I love when I feel it, feel the fire come and just good this unction and oh, oh, I mean, I, I enjoy that, but it was none of that. It was like, okay, Lord, you still love me, God. You help me right now. I'm exaggerating. I mean, I know He loves me. I'm just feeling, feeling flat and unanointed. And the lady tells me, oh no, both those words. Amazing. I don't even know what you're talking about. I thought, okay. So then I went and told her basically what I'm telling you. If you'll just be willing, God will take your words that seemingly seem stupid and turn them into like the amazing blessing to bring somebody in. Why? Because they're lost. And, and you're just being obedient. Come on, you don't even have to have hair to witness to somebody. Come on, all the people say amen. You, you don't have to look good, dress good. You don't have to have any of that. Just be you. Be you. Be willing. Reach out and bring people. Bring them. Make yourself available. 
Everybody say, I'm available. All right. Make yourself available to the Lord. Two, pray that God will use you and lead you to someone you can disciple. See, I don't believe it's enough to just win somebody to Jesus. Who are you discipling? That's the next step. Listen, there's people that are, that are in far worse shape than you think you are. And you can help them. If we'll just get a hold of this. change the world. Get involved in Operation Andrew. All right, get your cards out. We're going to pray here in a moment, and then I'm done. Operation Andrew, it's, it culminates this Sunday, BFF Sunday. Invite people. You said, I've totally forgot to pray, and I totally forgot to invite anybody. That's okay. It's only Wednesday, so you could do it tomorrow, and then you could pray, and you could still jump on, and who knows? God can save your neighbor, save your auntie, save your brother, save your uncle. Come on, God can reach to your teacher. Come on, your postman, the post post person that comes and delivers mail. Come on, that, that same checkout person you see at Fred Myers, at Target, Walmart. Come on. You can invite somebody. We have church cards. You can use those. Get involved in Operation Andrew. Let's pray for that very quickly and then two more points and we're done. Father, we pray. Come on, lift your voice right now. Reverend Haggerty, why don't you just lead us? Come on, pray, pray, for, pray for these people to come. All right. Father, we just come before you tonight on, on behalf of the names of these people on our list, Lord God, this Operation Andrew. Lord, we've even been challenged again tonight, Lord, from your word of what Andrew did, Lord, the example that he set. Father, we're taking that, and we're taking that to heart, Lord God, and we're, we're going to contend, Lord God, even now tonight, even later tonight as you remind us, tomorrow as you remind us, as we've committed to you, Lord God, that we want to see harvest of souls. We want to see these people, Lord, come to know you, Jesus, to experience your love, to know what it means to be forgiven, to know what it means to be accepted. Many have felt rejected. Many have felt abandoned. But, Lord, you want to show them and reveal your love to them, and you want to use us to do that. So, Lord, we step up tonight. We step up tonight, Lord, because of your great love that you've shed abroad in our hearts, Lord God. How can we be silent? So, Lord, we call upon you, and we ask, Lord God, as we step out, as we commit to step out and do our part, that, Lord God, you would anoint. You would anoint our feet. You would anoint our hands. You would anoint our words, Lord God, that we would be, oh, Lord, we would be the ones to cause so many that don't know you to come to know you as Lord and Savior and experience the great salvation that you've made available. God, move us with compassion. Stir us, Lord. Stir us, Lord. Stir us, Lord. Do not let us sleep. Do not let us slumber, Lord. But let us be diligent, each one to reach one, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Don't ever think your effort's in vain. He just put your best foot forward and let God do the rest. That's all. And even if you feel like you can't find your way out of a paper bag like, like, like I've been so many times in my life, God knows where the bag is and He knows where you are. So just pray. Even though you feel weak, even though you feel feeble and like you, you feel like you got nothing, just say, God, I feel like I got nothing and I need your help.
Would you help me? Would you use me? You just pray simple prayers like that. You listen, God chose Noah, the first boat builder, to save the world. He's not a professional boat builder. There were no boats. Sometimes ministry is made to be so professional. And I think it's a stench in the nostrils of God. We just need to be willing. Just be willing. You just pray. Ask God to help you. Come on, we all want to grow in God. Lord, help, help me. Help me do something. I told you how I first started witnessing. In an embarrassing car that my wife wouldn't ride in. It had a sick stereo, though. that I paid about $4,000 for after it was all done on my credit card, just saying. It was really only about $1,000, but after I was done, it was about five grand. A 27% interest, bad idea. <laughs> you, you all get that? You understand? All right. I'd, I'd sit in a, sit, it was a convertible rabbit, orange, Caltrans orange for all of you from California. And I'd sit there, and it was a convertible, and the top was broken. And I'd have it, you know, the, all in gear. And somebody parked, you know, next to me. I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me. And I'd wait till the light, you know, the light's about to change. They're like, you roll down your window. And they'd put down their window. Jesus loves you. Word! And I'd just take off. That was my first witnessing. How many of you know it kind of worked? Either that or I don't know what they thought. But I, I mean, I just believe it worked. That's how it was me getting out of the boat. That was me doing my best. I had to burn out. I didn't want to get cursed at. I didn't want them to hate me. I had a man-pleasing spirit. I was afraid of people and rejection. I had an orphan spirit. I just didn't know who I was. I just said a lot right there. Don't ever think your efforts in vain. And lastly, E, make this church one that continually reaches out. I'm going to tell you something. We will never, ever, Stop preaching the gospel. And, and I want to say this too. That conversation I had with you, and you'll know who you are as soon as I talk about it, about us remaining personal and small. It was so God. It burns in my heart. We will not become big machine that is insensitive to the needs of people ever. We will never do that because that's not who Jesus is and that's not who we are. We're going to remain personally. How are you going to do that? You know how? You. Us. Come on, go like this like you're filled with the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Did you get something from the Lord? Let me just flow for a second. Hey, can we just trade up? Can, can uh, Can you hook me up with the tabernacle music? Thank you. Come on, lift your hands. I'm just going to prophesy a little bit. I didn't preach long. It's 838. I'm going to go for about another five minutes and we'll close. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition that you're in. You've got to get right with Jesus. There's a hell to shun, a heaven to gain. Come on, lift your hands. Just talk to God. Hallelujah. Okay, as an archer, 
as an archer would take hold of his bow and draw back and select an arrow that's not warped but, but shaped and formed rightly. So the Lord is forming and shaping you and molding and making you to be like an arrow that'll be shot straight in the heart of the king's enemy. I've made you to be a leader, says the Lord. Many things and challenges as you've been through or you're going to find become that which has brought great strength to you in your walk now. Even a sweet fragrance and an aroma to the Lord for the loss and the difficulty and the pain, the challenges, the rejection, even being pushed aside. I'm working all of that after the counsel of my will. I'm turning everything out for the good because you love me and you're called according to my purposes. The gift of leadership's mightily upon you. You're going to rightly uh, uh, divide the word and even teach it and share it and preach it. My fire and my power is upon you, says the Lord. And in the days and weeks of going on into 2019, you're going to be visited by me, says God, in dreams and visions. It's already started. You'll wake up. You'll look at the clock. 2.22, unusual times that I wake you up. It's me, says the Lord. All you're to do is say, here I am. You don't even have to say it like that. It's just a heart, a willing heart. The Lord says, your yes to me is beautiful. Watch and see what I do as I shoot you heart sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. Psalm 145 I have for you. You go read that. Psalm 23 I have for you also. Good pasture. You've been around a place where, the, where there wasn't good pasture. There were those that tried to lead you in and lead you out for their own gain. But you've come to the good shepherd, says the Lord. Holy Spirit, let your fire come. He's healing your whole life. Sing something, Toby. Over her prophetically sing. Just sing the first thing that comes. Ready, go. I'm weak at every step of the way. I'm with you Woo. every step of the way. I'm with you every step, every step of the way. I'm with you. Oh man, I'm gonna take this for myself. Every step, every step of the way. I'm with you, with you, yeah. Every step of the way, I'm, I'm with, with you. Every step of the way, don't you worry. Give it to me. Beautiful. I will give you rest. Don't you worry. Give it to me. I 
Make it your own. It's a great word. Every step of the way, I'm with you. Every step of the way, I'm with you. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered on the Lord. Every step of the way, I'm with you. Yeah. Every step of the way. I want to be sensitive to your time. This, please, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, won't you give your life to Jesus today? Won't you repent of your sin, believe on the Lord, and be saved? He loves you, and He's reaching to you through my voice by the truth of His holy word that it's God's plan and will that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. And it's through repentance and godly sorrow, believing on his free gift, the death of his son and his resurrection, the payment, the gift, the payment for your redemption and mine, for your sin and mine. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So I implore you and plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. Because you're not promised tomorrow. You just have right now. That's all I have to. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place. Don't turn off that computer or shut down your phone or turn off the YouTube. If you're on the radio right now, pull your car over. Stop doing what you're doing and examine your heart. Are you right with God? Have you made a decision? At 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they met Jesus and they never forgot it. When did you give your heart to Jesus? Do you remember what day it was? Do you remember what time it was? Can you recall that? He said, well, I really can't. Well, then examine your heart to see if you really did. He said, well, I got saved when I was so young. I just wasn't sure. Okay, I understand that. That's the way it is for my kids. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, don't you leave this place like that. And if you need to recommit because you know you're not right with God and you're living a life of compromise, you're doing the very things you know are wrong, then you have no promise of salvation. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 6. Drunkards, swindlers, the idolaters, homosexuals, homosexual offenders. Come on, I'm just preaching the gospel to you. You say, well, that, that's, that, 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 that ain't fair. It ain't about fair. It's about right and wrong. And we have to repent for our sins. And so that, that's the only way that you get forgiven. And you try to make up your own rules as much as you want, but in the, in the end. In the very end, you'll stand before a judge, a godly judge, the Father. You'll stand before him. And if you're not covered in the blood, then you're not allowed into heaven because there's, he's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no mixture. You didn't just wink at your sin. If you have compromise and you get it out of your life, if you've never given your heart to Jesus or you want to rake a recommitment all across this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, that's me, Pastor. Good. Thank you for being honest. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. And come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Wash me 
Cleanse me. Take out my heart of stone. Put in a new heart. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you that you rose again from the grave. Raise my life up now. And use me to reach someone. Use me for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Just a couple more things. It's time. Just heard the Lord say it's time, Mike. It's time. He said, I heard the Lord say it's time. That's what I heard him say. You figure out what that is. I mean, I can take a good guess at it. It's time. It's time. You're, you're needed. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. And the grace of God is coming upon your life now. And it's almost as if you're being cornered. You can feel it. It's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, he is cornering you. Don't, don't fight it. Just go right into it. Because if you, if you don't go right in, then it's like he just begins to give you some godly trouble, you know. <laughs> you know he just makes the fun stuff not so much fun. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, I just have to. I have. You let the Lord lead you what that is. But I just heard the Lord say, clearly, I heard him say, it's time. I heard it right. It's all right over here. It's time. So the Lord says it's time, Mike. Praise God. Love it. Another time for another kid. Time for it's time. It's time for all that. <laughs> it's time. Every step of the way, I'm with you. Would you stand? Every step of the way, I'm with you. Oh, I'm with you, says the Lord. Every step of the way, oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Every step of the way, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Every step of the way. As the fog clears and things just begin to get shored up, I'm going to lead you, guide you, and direct you, and put you in a place of leadership. Truth is, I see you pastoring. I see you pastoring. I see the call of God upon you. And I hear him say, well done, you, 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 you've overcome, and you have been steadfast. You say, well, what about, what? no, you didn't see any of that. You just keep getting up and you keep putting your foot forward one after another. And, 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 and I tell you, I, I'm telling your pastor, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm really proud of you. Good job. Just keep doing it. The pastoral call is on your life. Prophetic gifts, anointing, evangelist, fire. Even that which you've experienced in other places here as well as in other places will flow from you. I'm anointing you. I'm putting oil over you and raising you up, says God, for I need you. Your people need you. 
you are going to become one of the great ones that rise in this hour of history in the state of Alaska. My hands upon you to elevate you and raise you up. Why? Because you know what it is to be under the thumb of the enemy. You know what it is to be bruised and bound and broken. You know what it is to be rejected and afflicted. And the Lord is anointing you with a, with a yoke-destroying, burden-lifting anointing. My power, my favor is upon you. I'm going to do some significant things in the next six weeks. I'm going to confirm the call of God upon you. You're going to finish your education, and you're going to flow in mighty anointing. I see even God giving you favor, governmental favor. Step out here governmental favor. I see you even like Pastor Timothy is, was ra- has been raised up to, to uh, be mightily used in the village and a part of the, the, uh, um, uh, the corporation, you know, the native corporation there. God is going to do the same thing for you, but in a unique way, different way, a different kind of call, but the same God. And I've pulled you out to bring you in, to, to, to use you, to bring others in as well. I'm anointing you. Holy Ghost. God's called you, son. You just need to say it over and over again. Look yourself in the mirror and say, God's called me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it. Every day I'm going to get up. God called me. I'm anointed to preach. I'm anointed to reach. I'm going to do it. I'm going to reach one. Come on, someone say, I'm going to reach someone. I'm going to reach someone. Did you get something from God tonight? I see Jim and Susan, you guys are heading out. I think we prayed over you, but I'm so blessed to see you tonight. Would you guys just put your hands on them? They're heading out like tomorrow or something, right? 6 a.m. Father, thank you for these soul winners that you've entrusted to us. I thought about you when I was preparing the message. Thank you for their lives. We bless them. I'm making that bridge. I'm building the bridge. I'm, I'm supernaturally anointing you. I see like a bridge. I even see you driving over bridges. It's unusual. I don't know about exactly where you're going or all of that, but I'm using you to bring a bridge to your family. That which the Lord wants to do cannot happen. You know what? I gave you this word before. That which the Lord wants to do cannot happen unless you go. And His timing is perfect. You're the clay. He's the potter. And even though it's sorrowful, I'm sure it was for the Apostle Paul when he left the church in Ephesus and said farewell. This is not farewell for good that we know of. But the Lord is going to supernaturally use you and He's going to give you the desires of your heart. He sees your desire for Alaska, but He has need of you in Texas. So you just go. He want, Apostle Paul wanted to go to have the great revival in Ephesus, but he needed to pick up Priscilla and Aquila and gather his team and put some things together. And that's what the Lord is doing with you. He's gathering some things, putting a team together. He's doing some things that cannot be done if you were to stay here. You know you need to go. It's, been, it's a kind of a heartbreak, but the Lord is going to give you supernatural comfort, favor, increase, and, and, uh, and resources, money. Did I say that before? Because I see it again. Money, money, money. Money cometh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And uh, you guys are married 50 years over there, weren't you? 50 years. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. We love you. It's good to see you. We've missed you. Happy anniversary. I know it was a couple weeks ago, but wonderful. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. We'll see you on the weekend.
BFF Sunday. Invite someone. God is good. Praise the Lord.